Thanks for tuning in to the Beginning Aquaponics Podcast, your source for learning everything you need to know about how to set up and operate a small-scale aquaponics system. We'll get started with this episode after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks. You're looking for a great organic soil additive that will bring the life back into your garden or your houseplants? Then look no further than the Green Grub Group and their Lazarus Soil Soil Additive. Lazarus Soil is 100% organic black soldier fly frass. Add it to your soil to give your plants the organic boost that they need. Find them on Facebook at Green Grub Group. That's Green, G-R-E-E-N, Grub, G-R-U-B, Group, G-R-O-U-P. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beginning Aquaponic Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Jones. And the last time, we talked about what aquaponics is and what it involves and what goes into it. But today, we're going to talk about a really basic understanding of the processes behind aquaponics. Because once we get through that, we can start to understand why we're choosing certain designs and uh, certain ideas over other ones. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive right into episode two, and that is understanding aquaponics. So in the last episode, you may have heard me talk about aquaponics being kind of a combination of basically three different organisms or three different components that are working together and living together in harmony. And those were fish, plants, and bacteria. Now, some of you may be thinking, why on earth are bacteria a good thing in this? I thought bacteria were a bad thing. You know, bacteria can make me sick. Bacteria can kill my fish. They can kill my plants. Well, to that, I would say that, you know, not all bacteria are bad. I mean, think of the bacteria that live in your gut. Those are good bacteria. They help you break down food. The bacteria that live in yogurt, those good pre and probiotics that are helping you kill bad bacteria and doing some other good things for you. Well. In a very similar way, we have good bacteria in aquaponics as well. And the bacteria that I'm talking about are really good and helpful bacteria, especially when it comes to aquaponics. Now, that's not to say that there are no bad bacteria in aquaponics. Obviously, since we're dealing with things like, uh, you know, fish waste and other things like that, and uh, dead zones as far as oxygen saturation in our water goes, there can be some bad bacteria like E. coli and some other bacteria that produce things like hydrogen sulfide, which is toxic to our fish. But those are really rare if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with this aquaponic system. So if you're doing things right, we should avoid any problems with those harmful bacteria and really only foster the good ones. So those good bacteria that we're talking about, like I said, extremely important to an aquaponic system. And some people might even say, that they are arguably the most important part of the aquaponic system. And the reason that they say that is that it's actually the bacteria that are taking that product that the fish is producing, the ammonia, and converting it into a type of nitrogen that those plants can take up. And they do this through something called the nitrogen cycle. Now, the nitrogen cycle seems like magic, but it's really just some pretty easy science. It's not at all very difficult. And... Basically, it has to happen because nitrogen is that main element um, that our plants are trying to take up from the ground. 
uh, to use for growth and, and other things. Now, some 78% of our atmosphere is composed of atmospheric nitrogen, or N2. But N2 is not available for plants to take up and use as a nutrient. So it has to be converted from that atmospheric form to a form that the plant can use. And in aquaponics specifically, it's being converted to a form of nitrogen called nitrate. Now, certain groups of bacteria can convert that nitrogen uh, from the form of ammonia, which is what the fish are excreting, into a form that's more available for the plants to use. That would be that nitrate that we talked about. And that whole cycle is called the nitrogen cycle. Now, the nitrogen cycle is the central process that allows aquaponics to function the way it does. Because without it, you wouldn't be able to convert that nitrogen into a form that the plants can use. So, the nitrogen cycle starts when the fish eats the food and processes it. And then it releases that waste um, called ammonia. Now, ammonia from there is oxidized by a group of bacteria called nitrosomonas. And these bacteria will take that ammonia and oxidize it into another form of nitrogen called nitrite. And nitrite's kind of that uh, middle product. So we have to go from there and take another group of bacteria called nitrobacter, and they will oxidize that nitrite into nitrate. That nitrate, being the end product of that cycle, can then be taken up by the plants and used for growth and what have you. Now, that's not to say that ammonia and nitrite are absolutely useless to the plants because they are taken up by those plants in small amounts, in small degrees. But nitrate, by far, is the most available form of nitrogen to plants, and they will use it the most, and they'll take up a lot of it. So if you're familiar with the aquarium hobby or um, other types of aquaculture, like indoor uh, recirculating aquaculture, you've probably heard this before and you're probably familiar with the nitrogen cycle and that's because when you're growing fish the ammonia and the nitrite are the two most toxic forms of ammonia to those fish it really doesn't take very much of either of those to kill those fish or make them pretty sick um so when we're talking about growing fish specifically we're watching out for those toxins in aquaculture and in the aquarium hobby, uh, we use that nitrogen cycle to make our water or the nitrogen in the water specifically much less toxic to fish because the ammonia and nitrate are so toxic to the fish. However, the nitrate is way less toxic to fish than the other two are. So those of us familiar with that process know that it takes a good bit of time to establish those bacterial colonies so that they can do their job. And we know that they've established correctly uh, whenever we start getting a little bit of ammonia and just a little bit of nitrite, but our nitrate starts to build up pretty quickly in the water. And in normal aquaculture, or at least in the aquarium hobby too, um, we would take that nitrate out by performing a water exchange. Now we do these water exchanges because there's nothing in that system that's there that can take out those nitrates, right? Uh, in the aquarium hobby, we do have some plants, but they're not very uh, good at taking out the amount of nitrate that they would need to, to avoid those water exchanges. So since there's nothing in there, we have to physically take out that nitrate that's been built up in the water 
and replace it with water that's not contaminated with nitrate. So the beauty of aquaponics, though, is that now we are putting something of value into that system that's also taking the nitrate out of the water and making it to where we can reuse it for fish. So instead of replacing water and wasting water that in some places is pretty precious, especially more arid environments like the Western United States and uh, Mexico and parts of Africa, places like that. Now we can use plants that we will eat uh, that provide value to us, but will also remove all that nitrate and prevent it from elevating to those toxic levels that would otherwise harm the fish or eventually be harmful to us. So we want to get these bacterial colonies established and we need to be patient with this. That's because this takes a lot of time. Uh, we know that this can take from a few weeks, if your conditions are perfect, to uh, several months, depending on, like I said, where in the world you live uh, and things like what the temperature and weather and climate are like. Now, these colonies will establish themselves naturally, but we can do things to speed that process up a little bit, just like you would an aquarium by seeding your biofilter with media that's already been cycled and used in a tank that has a good established bacterial colony. So if you have an aquarium that's been running for three or four years, you can take a little bit of your filter media out of the filter there and everything would probably be fine. So the next thing is water temperature. And water temperature is probably the most important parameter for the bacteria, uh, depending on the species of plants and fish you have, of course. Um, it's going to be a really important metric because some of those don't have a very wide tolerance for temperature. I'm thinking about things like uh, tilapia, that once it starts getting below about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, they start to think about dying, uh, which if you, you know, you're in the United States, you know, 70 degrees Fahrenheit is not very cold at all. Um, so bacteria specifically, they like warmer water. And uh, your water needs to be somewhere between 63 and 95 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 17 and 34 degrees Celsius, uh, for them to be the most happy. When water temperatures get beyond that range, you know, either higher or lower, it starts to affect the efficiency at which those bacteria can metabolize ammonia and nitrite into nitrate and place it into the new filter of your aquaponics system. That way you've already got the bacteria there. You don't have to wait for them to colonize. They'll just start to grow from where they're at. So there are a few things that we can do to make sure that we're maintaining a good healthy colony of bacteria. And we're about to talk about all that. So these things are things like uh, making sure that you've got adequate surface area for those bacteria to grow on. Uh, you want to ensure that the water pH is appropriate for those bacteria. We'll talk about that level too. Uh, you want to ensure that the water temperature is appropriate to grow those bacteria. You want to ensure that there is plenty of dissolved oxygen in the water for those bacteria to use. And we want to make sure that there's no ultraviolet light that can get into our system and kill our bacteria. So that first thing we talked about, surface area. Now, the more surface area you have, the more of these bacteria can grow. And that's because these bacteria will grow directly on the surfaces of different things like, for instance, the media that you're using to grow your plants in, uh, or specifically in some sort of biofilter. 
Now, there will also be uh, small amounts of the bacteria that grow on the sides of the tanks and on the roots of plants and things like that. But the most of it's going to be held where you've got a lot of surface area. And like I said, specifically in a biofilter. Now, a biofilter is basically a container that contains a lot of a media uh, of some kind that really increases the surface area. Uh, so personally, some of the stuff I've used, just for an example, um, I'll use a five-gallon bucket full of small you know, pebbles and rocks like uh, lava rock or something that may be you know, about as big around as a penny, maybe even smaller than that. Uh, lava rock specifically because it's kind of porous it has lots of angles and cracks and holes in it and that further increases the surface area which uh, means you know i can grow more bacteria so the more surface that i have the more surface i have for those bacteria to grow and the more bacteria grow the more efficient my filtration and my nitrification is so again, more surface area, the more ammonia and nitrite can be converted into that nitrate and more quickly. So if you want to stock more fish in your system, you have to upgrade or make more efficient your biofilter. Now, you know, the metabolic rate that these bacteria sit there and metabolize ammonia and nitrite into nitrate still depends on several other factors besides just surface area. Again, like the amount of dissolved oxygen and uh, the water's pH or temperature and a few other things. So there's no real hard and fast rule of how much biofilter you need, but there are ways to tell if you have enough or need more. Uh, a good rule to go by is that there's no such thing as having too much biofilter, but there is definitely such a thing as not having enough. And the way we can tell if we don't have enough or if we do have enough is by periodically checking on how much ammonia and nitrite that we have in our system. Now, if you're noticing more than just trace amounts of ammonia or trace amounts of nitrite in your system, then your biofilter either is not big enough or it's not operating very efficiently. So if you see this, you know that you either need to add more surface area, so more biofilter to your system, or you need to do things to make your biofilter run more efficiently, like maybe bringing up the temperature or adjusting your pH or uh, incorporating some uh, aeration into your biofilter that would help the bacteria uh, do their job a little bit better. Uh, so speaking to make sure that your biofilters are operating efficiently, uh, pH is something that's really important to that subject. So pH, as we all know, is a measurement of how acidic or how basic your water is. Uh, bacteria that we like to use in this system, they have an optimal pH that's just slightly higher than neutral, uh, which would put it between a pH of 7.2 and a pH of 8 for both of these groups of bacteria. Now, the important thing to note is that... Um, even though this is really good for bacteria, uh, bacteria are fairly tolerant of uh, pH levels that are more towards the extremes of their tolerance range. And you'll notice as we go throughout this course that plants, fish, and bacteria 
do not all necessarily like the same pH ranges. So we have to figure out how to work to find a happy medium between all three of our components. Uh, for example, plants like a slightly acidic pH, uh, you know, kind of between six and seven or seven and a half. And fish like slightly basic pH ranges, you know, up to about eight, but can tolerate, you know, pH is as low as about six and a half. So usually a pH between somewhere around six and a half to seven will keep everything happy enough that, you know, it's working well and happy, uh, even though that may not be, you know, perfectly optimal for any of them. So in aquaponics, we tend to try to keep our pH somewhere in that seven to six and a half range because we know everything can handle it. Um, like I said, our bacteria like it between 7.2 and 8, but we know they can handle it between about six and a half and eight and a half. So as long as we stay within those ranges, yeah, everything stays happy. So either they can't metabolize the ammonia and nitrite fast enough because it's cold, or maybe they get too cold or too warm and they start to die, like I said, because the, the temperatures are outside of that. And once they're dead, you know, they're not doing anything. Uh, so once you get below about 10 degrees, for example, um, which is about 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 10 degrees Celsius, then the ability of the bacteria to metabolize nitrogenous waste reduces by about 50%. So if you were at 20 degrees Celsius, for example, and uh, your biofilter is happy, it's doing its job, it's working well and getting rid of all that nitrogenous waste, but then you have a cold snap and your water temperature drops to 10 degrees Celsius. Now you may not have anywhere near enough uh, biofilter to be handling that. And you start to see those problems present in your fish health. So uh, temperature is something that changes a lot and sometimes can be difficult to control, especially when our systems are outside. But it is something that's really important and something that you really need to keep an eye on. Now, dissolved oxygen, again, something else that's really important for our fish, um, but we don't really think about it being important for our bacteria, but it is. Um, this is because that nitrification process is an oxidative reaction, so which basically means that it's using oxygen to metabolize those nitrogenous waste products um, into the, the product that we're looking for, the nitrate. So the optimum level of oxygen... Uh, dissolved in our water is about the same for bacteria as it is for the fish we like to keep. Um, dissolved oxygen definitely should be above about four parts per million and ideally higher than that if you can get it there. But once you get below about two parts per million, you know, you'll start to see a decrease in the efficiency of your biofilter as well as a lot of stress in your fish. So, like I said, this can be problematic for both your fish and your biofilter because both of them require oxygen to survive, obviously. Uh, if we get too low and we don't have enough oxygen, we can also start to grow other types of bacteria, like cyanobacteria, which are toxic to fish, um, and denitrifying bacteria that could produce other uh, toxic substances like hydrogen sulfide. And uh, we've all smelled that. It smells like rotten eggs. It's kind of the smell of, of nasty, uh, stagnant water. 
the next thing that you need to pay attention to with bacteria is ultraviolet light. Uh, you know, the sun produces a lot of UV light and we use UV lights to sterilize water in the aquarium hobby and in uh, aquaculture as well. But, you know, in the same way that it kills the bacteria and viruses and other pathogens in the water that we're trying to get rid of, it'll also kill bacteria that we're trying to keep, namely our nitrifying bacteria that are in our biofilters. So nitrifying bacteria are photosensitive and uh, an ultraviolet light will kill those bacteria. So it helps uh, basically to shade your tank and shade your biofilter or use a material to house your biofilter that doesn't let a lot of light through uh, as much as you can, especially when you're trying to get those colonies started. Uh, that way it can protect them from the UV light uh, that the sun is putting on them. So by now you've heard me say it a few times that having a successful aquaponic system is really about finding a balance between all three components uh, that we have. So we have, remember our fish, our bacteria, and our plants. Now, uh, optimal for one of those components may not be very good for the other two components. So like I said, it's all about finding a balance where we find that happy medium where everything can be happy, even if it's not operating at its, its optimal conditions. So value that you're looking for. So the most important parameters to measure at least every couple of days, if not every day, again, are temperature, ammonia, nitrite, nitrate, and pH. If you can cover all of those, you should be good. Um, those are the most important things to watch and the things that can change the most quickly. And they're probably the best indicators of the health of your system. So with that, that's it for today, folks. Uh, hopefully, now that you listen to me ramble about this, you know more about what goes into making an aquaponic system tick. So be sure to record and send in your questions to be answered in the future. And uh, join us again next time, because next time we're going to talk more specifically about water quality, uh, which is probably the most important topic that we're going to cover in this series. So make sure you give that a listen. Thanks, folks, and have a great day. To maintain this and to make sure that everything's happy, uh, we do daily checks and uh, sometimes uh, checks on every other day or something like that on various things. Um, so every day when you go out and check on your system, you want to make sure that your fish look healthy and that they're not doing anything irregular. Uh, and we will talk about those when we talk about fish health later on in the series. And you want to make sure that they're eating, uh, is a big one because when a fish goes off feed, that can be a sign of a lot of problems. And it's often, you know, one of the first signs of a problem with your fish or your water quality and looking at your plants. Uh, it's pretty easy to spot nutrient deficiencies. And again, we'll talk about nutrient deficiencies uh, later on in the series. Uh, but they present themselves in a way of things like uh, poor growth or discoloration of the leaves. Or if you pick them up and look at their roots, their roots aren't developing real well. Uh, and things like that. And uh, like I said, several issues could pop up that could lead to these things. And you need to be aware of what those are so that you can fix or identify them so that you can later fix them. Uh, but one of the most important tests that you're going to do, uh, besides doing your, your daily temperature checks, uh, is your nitrogen testing. 
and a few other water quality parameters. So nitrogen testing tells you how well your biofilter is working. And it's really the only way to tell if your biofilter is healthy. So if there's an adjustment that needs to be made, uh, you know that it needs to be made there. To do this, you can buy those little strip tests from places like Walmart or big box stores like Petco or PetSmart. Or you can just go down to the local aquarium store and buy those uh, more specific tests that may be a little bit more accurate. Um, they're not strip tests, but they have like a little bottle of liquid that you drop a certain amount of drops in, into a water sample. And it changes a certain color that you match up to a guide or a legend that tells you the uh, 